What's up, everybody? This is the Armchair Referee Sports Podcast. I am one half of the show. You know me from my precious beard. The one, the only, Ship Bayless. I'm the man that wish she had 22-inch guns. You all love me. Fake out. What's going on tonight, Fake? Oh, man, I'm living the dream. I got a fresh cut, fresh hot shave. I'm ready to go. One question for you, Fake. How about them Chiefs? I knew he fucking cried. <laughs> My wife was making fun of me. That's how, like, I legit almost broke down into tears. I I never thought in a million years while I was alive that my team was going to make the Super Bowl. And Patty Mahomes just fucking, ah, he took over. He took over. That touchdown run, when he ran that, when he re- went in for that touchdown he looked run. Like a, he looked like a tailback on dude, that. Dude, he bowled over. He broke, like, what, three tackles? Three tackles, and he and did then, that spin move inside the five. And then carried two guys up in there. I'm like, you know what? We're winning this game. Patty Mahomes has it. Tennessee once led in this game 17 to 7. Since the Chiefs since the Chiefs took over, 300 yards of offense and 28 points. You might as well call us the Cardiac Kids. You might as well call the Chiefs this year the Cardiac Kids because they are they have come back in just about every single game they have won this year and especially in the playoffs. They have literally they came back from 24 nothing and then 17 nothing that this past week they are a second half team or should we just say second quarter team because they put up all they the pretty much a lot of points quarter. in the second quarter yeah <laughs> that's right San Fran fans you better look out because second quarter is our quarter <laughs> that being said the 50-year drought of the Kansas City Chiefs being in the Super Bowl is officially over the Chiefs are heading down to South Beach where they will be facing the NFC champions the San Francisco 49ers who Let's be honest here. They, they they fucking kicked the shit out of Green Bay. That wasn't even a game at any point in time. <laughs> the Niners absolutely killed the Packers. I mean, Raheem Mostert, 220 yards, four carries. Jimmy G only went back and passed eight times. San Fran's defense, as I said last week, was going to get the A-Rod. Three sacks, oh, two did. picks. They, 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 they did. It was – there should have been a hell of a lot more than just three sacks, and that's just because of – Aaron Rodgers fucking mobility. End of story. Aaron Rodgers is like a Kirk Cousins or somebody like that back there. There's like eight or nine sacks in that game. End of fucking story. (laughs) Like, there was so much pressure in his face constantly. Between his mobility and his quick release is the only reason there wasn't more sacks. I completely agree. And I even said that last week. It's definitely going to be like it's going to come down to Bosa, Buckner, Solomon Thomas, those guys on the, on the, on the line to get those the Those guys A-Rod. showed up this week. Big time. And that's going to be my next question for you. How are you feeling about your Chiefs going into that matchup with them? I'm hoping and praying that DeForest Buckner and Solomon Thomas do their disappearing act during the Super Bowl. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Because let's be honest, Kansas City's offensive line is not that great. There's a reason why Patrick Mahomes is constantly running for running for his life. Now he's a great like the guy's able to do shit on the fly that most quarterbacks cannot do. Like we we can all agree with that. Left-handed passes, no look passes, sidearm shit. Like you know, he does things that most quarterbacks cannot do, which saves our ass because our offensive line is not the greatest offensive line in the league. I I don't even give him top fifteen line in the league. Now, what also helps is that we have receivers that just can get open like that. Like, that also helps. So, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup to see, like, Tyreek versus Richard Sherman or... um, Now, in saying that... Kawan Alexander against Kelsey. Like, that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Now, in saying that, Kansas City broke the mold against Tennessee. They ran the ball a lot. Like, they handed the ball off a lot against Tennessee, which was not a thing. At one point in time, they ran str- they ran three straight running plays. Kansas City hadn't done that all year long. <laughs> that, especially with Andy Reid's play calling. Like, that's very rare to see three straight runs in a, in a row. Like, usually it's like a run-pass, like run-pass-run scenario, or most of the time it's usually a run-pass-pass. So, honestly, the way I, I kind of see it working out, 
Honey Badger is going to be all over Kettle. Kettle. All, all game long. That's going to be his guy. That's going to be his main priority. I'm going to tell you that right now. And honestly, there's probably not a better safety in the league that can cover linebackers the way he can. Like, Eric Berry used to be that. Tight end. Yes, I yeah. I mean tight end. Yeah. Right. Like, Eric Berry used to be that guy. When he first entered the league, he was probably one of the best safeties I've ever seen to be able to match up one-on-one against tight ends. Heck, his rookie year, I remember Eric Berry's rookie year, he absolutely shut down Antonio Gates. And this was like prime Antonio Gates. So, the matchups on our defense and then the matchups with our offense against their defense, honestly, are worrisome. Because... Daniel Sorensen played out of his mind against Tennessee. But let's be honest here. Tennessee's, they, they lean on Derrick Henry, and we were able to load up the box. <clears throat> and we finally did get to see the true Ryan Tannehill we all know and love. Mm-hmm. That finally came out where he's throwing picks. And... I told you it was going to happen. He spent all year long playing way too un-Tannehill-like. <laughs> it was about the time where you're just like, there's something fishy going on. I was like, something just doesn't seem right. He rips off his mask and is really <laughs> Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Would have gotten away with it, too. Huh? They, dolphins, they always call them the fish. Yeah, did, did, you, did you get the reference? <laughs> yeah, he just ripped off the mask and he goes, it's really me, it's Andy Dalton. <laughs> uh, but now, it's... Kansas City play, played 10 times better than they that they had played all year long. The defense showed up. Daniel, as I said, Daniel Swartzen played out of his freaking mind. He should have had a pick in that game, he, but he dropped it. But it's okay because, you know, it's Daniel Swartzen. He's not known for this shit. The fact that he was e- even able to get to the ball was amazing to me. Um, our defensive line needs to step up. Our linebackers... Just basically the whole entire defense needs to step up. They need to be on their A game against San Francisco. Otherwise, they're going to put up so many points that I don't think we're going to be able to come back from. That being said, we are going to actually wait till next week and do our prediction of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So everyone make sure Stay you tune tuned. in. To next week's episode, because that's going to be the juicy one. You're going to finally hear our Super Bowl picks. And what about the, uh, talk about Jimmy G? What about him throwing eight passes? Yeah, well, <laughs> There's not much to talk about. Not really about. much you can talk about. Basically, they, they relied on the run game. The 49ers basically teased the Green Bay Packers. They're like, oh, you guys can't stop our run? They just continued to run the entire they, freaking they just, game. They just pulled. Absolute brilliance there by Kyle they, Shanahan. They, they pulled a Vabral. That's what they did. They leaned on the run. They controlled the clock. And then let their defense actually smack Aaron Rodgers the fuck around. End of story. That's all it was. There was never at one point in time in that game, except for the very beginning where I'd say Green Bay has a chance in this. Because from the first snap, they smacked him in the mouth, and Green Bay wasn't ready. Green Bay didn't come come to play. Which is really sad because they played so well all year long. And then come up flat. In the championship game. What I heard, uh, yeah, we were definitely we were definitely off on our predictions last week because I said like a thirty-one to twenty-eight game for between Green Bay and San Fran. Like Green Bay didn't come to play. The only person that came to play was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I have a personal theory. Uh, I reviewed the score of the they had a regular season game, San Fran Green Bay, and San Francisco beat the crap out of them. I think that yeah, I said that last week. Yeah, I said San Francisco. Must have did something so vile to their offensive line defensively that they just caved in. They like, there's just no way we can win. They just have too much talent on that defensive line. Nick Bosa got in their heads. Just that talent on San Francisco's defensive line in general isn't practically enough to win you a fucking a championship and and a fucking story. Because I don't think there's a offensive line whenever that whole entire defensive line shows up to play and they don't do their disappearing act like they're known to do every once in a while, that can block them. 
I don't even think Tennessee's defensive offensive line could block that defensive line. And I love Tennessee's offensive line. I don't know. Now, well, obviously now we got to give our credit to San Francisco because they were one of them. They were that team this season. It was just like we didn't want to believe in the hype, but they were just too good. Yeah. They. Now the guy whoever picked them to go three and thirteen. Yeah. I... On NFL Network, <laughs> them and Tennessee, fire that man. Fire that man. <laughs> I seen that picture and I'm just like, this man really predicted both San Fran. And Tennessee to go like three and thirteen. I was like, who even is that guy? But you could say, I called it all year long with Tennessee. I was way in left field with San Francisco. I pictured like San Francisco maybe going eight and eight. I thought they had the talent to go eight and eight. Um, but Tennessee, I knew all fucking long. They they were the team in the AFC that was like my sleeper. I called. I did. I called it. <laughs> I was just trying to like rethink back to the, like the first episode. Because I was going to ask you, I'm like, wait a minute, you actually had Tennessee going to like the AFC Championship game? I said they were they were going to finally take that next step, oh, where they okay. were going to absolutely take over. They. The I was AFC like, wait a minute, South. I don't recall back in August a uh, fake hockey league saying Tennessee's going to the AFC Championship game. No, I said they were just going to make playoffs and probably yeah, go okay. somewhat deep, maybe like into like you know, get past the first round unlike they've been the past few years because past few years they've been knocked out in the first round. Speaking of Tennessee, the disrespect for Mike Vrabel. I've been seeing all this stuff about that Coach of the Year. That man needs Coach of the Year. They End say the it's going to be Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh, and uh, now like Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has an argument there. Yeah, because he did turn San Fran. Well, here's the thing, though, because last even year they when, weren't even in the playoffs. Well, see, that's the other thing, too. Had Jimmy Garoppolo not tear his ACL instead of zigging instead of zagging, San Fran probably could at least been still competitive. Yeah. That being said, yeah. Probably San, an eight and eight season last year. Yeah, San Fran had a nice season this year, no doubt about it. But I got to give my I I got to give my vote to Mike Vrabel. I mean, I I, I agree with you for I, what he did at like the way the Tennessee started. Weren't they like two and four when they finally benched Mariota? Yeah, they were something like that. And then to have Ryan Tannehill be like his full potential, even better, a better version of Ryan Tannehill than what we were saw back in like Miami days. And to rely on Derrick Henry to flourish in that offense and a, a young style of defense, and to go and to do what they did in the playoffs, like to go to Foxborough and Baltimore, and win on the road, and still give Kansas City a fight in Arrowhead as well. My votes for Mike Vrabel, Coach of the Year, right, without and, a doubt. I said I agree with you with Vrabel. I think Vrabel should be the Coach of the Year. Um. Now in saying that, as I said. Like Shanahan has an argument there, but they have so much more talent on that team that they should have been playing that way in general. <laughs> Shanahan or no Shanahan, they should have been playing that way in general. Uh, Vabral just took a bunch of misfits that no one else fucking wanted and turned them almost into AFC champions. So I love what he's doing there. That is, as you already said, that defense is young. It's solid. That defense is going to be around for years to come. They're going to be a constant contender in the AFC for year, for years to come. Didn't their defensive coordinator just retire? Yeah, because they had LeBeau. I know they had LeBeau, but I'm talking like this year's defensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure he just retired. Maybe. I, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you. Thought I, I hadn't seen anything. Uh Staying in the NFL, Eli Manning officially retires after 16 seasons with the Giants. If you haven't heard, Eli is a two-time Super Bowl champion, a two-time Super Bowl MVP, played in 236 games, was 116-116 as a starter, 500 record, and just a little bragging, right, was 10-21 and against my Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I Honestly, I... Those two Super Bowls are going to be the only reason he's With, going to be Without enshrined. Eli Manning, Tom Brady's got two more fingers, or two, two more rings on fingers. As said, those, those two Super Bowl uh, rings are going to be the only reason he's going to be enshrined in Canton. 
I was gonna. That was gonna be my next question. Fake hockey league. Do you think Eli Manning deserves to have the gold jacket and be enshrined in Pro Football's Hall of Fame? He's going to end up there. I don't think he's a first ballot. I I think that regular season record. It's what's gonna hurt him come first ballot time. It his first time that his name's gonna be able to come up and he's gonna be able to be inducted. He's not gonna get in. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not like his. No, not no, like he's his not. Brother. He's not Peyton. I was gonna say, no way yeah. he's Peyton. He's nothing like his brother. His brother was one of those guys that he was the guy to build around. Eli was not that guy. They built – he was just a piece and everything. Well, think about them Super Bowls, too. That was basically all the Giants' defense because, if you remember, that was like the stray hands, the OCU Manuras. Mm-hmm. As I said. Antrell Rolls. The only reason he's going to get in is because there's two Super Bowls. End of story. <laughs> End of story. End his last name. That's that's it. I definitely agree. I think Pey- or, uh, Eli Manning's definitely going to be eventually in Canton. I I definitely agree with you though. He's not first ballot. No. Um, like I I hate to tell you this, they're Giants fans, but your beloved number ten is not a first ballot out Hall of Famer. Now, do I agree? How long is he going to wait? I would say, pro- like, in a frame, I would say somewhere three years. Yeah, maybe something like that. Now, in saying that, I do agree with the Giants saying that no one's ever going to wear number 10 again. I think that's, one, a very classy move. He's always played for your franchise, never left. Never, hardly missed a game, I think. And that's, like, rare to see in the NFL, like, especially with quarterbacks. Like, Well, the only reason he ever missed a game <laughs> Well, it's because of Ben it's McAdoo. Mac- McAdoo <laughs> decided we're going to start Geno fucking Smith. <laughs> and that shit backfired right quick. <laughs> McAdoo's just not a good good coach. Um, Speaking of the Giants, did you see who else they added? They added the- Freddie. They added the Kitchmeister. So do you think with Freddie Kitchens joining Jason Garrett and Joe Judge, do you think that might have – had like an impact for Eli Manning just being like, you know, you know what? Peace out. Well, that and Eli's seen the writing on the wall. He's not going to be a starter (laughs) at all. They're going to, they're going to be riding with Danny Dimes. (laughs) And I think what I'm pretty sure he still had two years left on his contract. Eli? Yeah. I think, I think that's what he had. Maybe, Maybe a year or two, I think. Yeah. So like, He probably wasn't going to get traded to a contender. I don't think there was anywhere he can go. Mm-mm. Like, anywhere to start. Like, there was just nothing. He saw the writing on the wall. Because you got to think, some of these teams that are struggling, their focus right now is on the draft. Like, they want to get the Joe Burrows. They want to get the Tuas. They want to get the possible Trevor Lawrence. Speaking of Joe, he has officially declared and yeah. is going to be rotting in Cincinnati. Joe, you're going back home, but unfortunately, it's with probably the most dysfunctional organization. Eh, I think both franchises in Ohio are very dysfunctional, (laughs) so I don't think there was a win-win going back home. (laughs) No. I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt, but there's just nothing, Joe. Just just be real here. There's there's nothing going on. You should have just stayed an extra year. One more year, the O-man. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Now, um, in saying that, we do wish him the best of luck. But we all know Joe's going to be. He's going first overall. End of story. If Joe Burrow does not go first overall, I will be surprised. They'll pull like a 2005 draft where like the Texans had like Vince Young and Reggie Bush, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere they picked Mario Williams. Which, honestly, looking back at it, was, was a smart pick. It wasn't too bad. Out of out of those other two? Well, yeah. Yeah. But, obviously, Mario Williams didn't finish his career with Houston. Fake. Well, that and Bush didn't finish his career with uh, St. Louis Saint either. Lu- or I Saints. mean, not the Saints either. Fake. Yes, sir. Less than a month, 
less than a month away. And then, not even a month. It's not even a month away. We're practically in the last week of January. And then we're going to get the XFL. (laughs) And you did it in the Vince McMahon voice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We are pumped and ready to go for this. At, right after Super Bowl weekend. Did you see the uh, XFL, like, officiating? We're going to have to get some new threads, man. Yes, we are. I tried Amazoning them, and I haven't been able to find them. But once we find them, we will have them. <laughs> and we're still in talks with our producer, Dev, about possibly doing America, a.k.a. an XFL road trip to nation's capital. Possibly down to D.C., going to go check out the D.C. Defenders. Against... Me and Dev's Tampa Bay Vipers. Ah, the Purple Kerberos. <laughs> Strike. <laughs> oh man. Uh, tried to get. A, I tried to get a uh, Battle Hawks hat. They're all sold out. So now I'm just waiting for the email to come to for them to tell me that they're back in stock. Well, I mean, there's really no football in Missouri anymore, so I don't really... Oh, everyone bought one. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone bought one. Well, it's not not so much Missouri, because technically Kansas City is in Missouri. It's more Kansas that there's no football anymore. Yeah, but it's St. Louis. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying, man. (laughs) (laughs) I like... I don't know. It usually confuses me sometimes with St. Louis. It, 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 like that city's like right there on, on the border. So like you're half, you're like a Mississippi River flood away from half of being Kansas together. City. So half of Kansas City is in Missouri. The other half is in Kansas itself. Oh. Uh, but the stadium is on the Missouri side. Fair enough. The more you know. <laughs> NBC. <laughs> Speaking of the XFL. We are going to break down the rules. Did you see some of the rules they're doing? I did. I did. And I love the way they're doing their overtime. Yes. That is by absolutely far my absolute favorite rule. That now It's basically like a hockey shootout. I love it. It's, it's awesome. And, it, like, each team, it's almost kind of like college, the way they do their overtime, which we've been saying for I don't know how long. That's the way the NFL should be doing it. But they don't, they don't listen to us. We're just – you know, why listen to your fans, right? <laughs> Ratings. Uh, now, the one thing that kind of, like, makes me scratch my head, and, like, I understand that they're trying to make the game safe and everything, but their kickoff rules and the return rules. Well, they want to see returns because, like, you watch NFL games anymore. Since they're kicking the ball off at the 35-yard line, that ball's either going out of the end zone completely or just – you're not seeing returns as much as like you used to back in the old days. It's not where they're kicking the ball off where I'm concerned. It's the fact that you can't block until the guy catches it. <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, I mean, they want to see returns because they want to see, like, fast action, like, physical. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the receiving team can't block? Exactly. Like- well, wait a minute. That, you're not going to see returns. You're going to see the, that man get mur- – he's going to fair catch every time because – Well, no now, okay, so, like, they are allowed the to The kicking team is not allowed to charge until the receiver catches the ball. Like, oh. they can't go downfield until he catches yes. – Once the receiver has the ball in his hands, then the kicking you're, team yeah. can charge. Then you're allowed to go downfield, and then the receiving team is allowed to block. That's an important clarification right there. But I feel like it just gives too much of an edge to the return team. It does to an extent, but at the same time, like, that's what we want to see as football fans. Like, we want to see the returns. We want to see the shiftiness. We want to see, like, some of the old school, like, Devin Hester's, Dante Hall. Bring back the human joystick! (laughs) (laughs) I had to give you the shout-out there because that's your chief boy right there. The X Factor! (laughs) The X is going to give it to you! (laughs) That being said, and that's like the other thing too, like the XFL just isn't really much of a kicker's league. Like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. there's no extra points. So every time a team scores, they have the option to take a two point conversion from either the two, the five, or the 10. Two, if they decide to go from the two yard line, is worth one point. If they decide to go from the five, it'll be two points. 
And if they go at from the 10-yard line, it'll be worth three points. Interesting. How Now, the question is, how often do you see them just going, eh, it's from the 10-yard line, let's go. Let's, let's go for it. I could see it like in a desperation situation where it's like, say you are down by like three or maybe two and you want to go for the win. Why not go for the 10-yard line and say, hey, let's – Let's force like an overtime, or let's go out and win this. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to is it's what we've been looking for as fans of football for years now. Um. Also, they are doing a double pass. Yeah, for I've offense. As I've long as that. the ball does not pass the line of scrimmage, you're allowed two passes. Which I think trick plays are going to be like getting pulled out left and oh, right now, big time. Like we're talking like back of the playbook, old school backyard bullshit here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Got a half a chub just thinking about it. It's like some old school like NFL blitz or NFL street like <laughs> playbooks. It's going to be interesting. I, I I can't wait for the first game just to see how exactly all these rules are going to play out and the way the game's just going to be played. Um, with them being on the major networks is also a nice thing because, like, it isn't like, oh, crap, I always forget that fucking league's name that, that was going down last year. Oh, the AAU. The- yeah, the AAU. Like, you can barely find their games. Nine times out of ten, you had to, like, I had to go, on it was like it was like no, no, it wasn't even that. It was like you had to go to like the back channels, like CBS Sports, and yeah. uh, trying to think of another like channel they had it on. It it was a shit show, <laughs> just uh, terrible. I think that's the other the other. But thing that's why I love the XFL because it's going to be on like FS1, ESPN, mm-hmm. um, all the major networks. So like we're going to be able to get all the XFL we we want it's gonna be great can't wait I hope we're able to make it work where we're able to go down down to down to the nation's capital check them out we will definitely be doing a a video you will see a video of the trip down there like little bits and pieces of the trip down there while we're going into the stadium checking it out get a little footage of tailgates see what's going on down there Maybe if like we got some fans down in that area, maybe we'll do a meet and greet. Hell yeah! Um, but so be looking looking out for that. We'll we'll announce it on on the podcast and also uh, also on our Facebook page if we decide to are are at least able to make it work. Um, now on to baseball. We have. Our ballot. The captain has been inducted. The best shortstop to ever play the game. Welcome to Cooperstown. Derek Jeter. <laughs> Number two. Derek Jeter. Number two. Derek Jeter. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a matter of time before we finally got in, and I knew it wasn't going to take long for him to finally get in. Oh, first ballot. He, he was the first ballot guy. We all, we all knew it. Some accolades from Derek Jeter's career. He won Rookie of the Year in 1996. Derek was also a five-time World Series champ, a one-time World Series MVP in 2000, and was a five-time Gold Glover and Silver Slugger. Which, when you think about Derek Jeter, you don't always think about his bat. You think more of his infield. It was more of his glove. It was more of his glove. There was never a better solid shortstop in the league than him. You knew when the ball went to him, he was going to make a play. End of fucking story. Every single shortstop since, what, 96, ever since he came into the league, was dying to be Derek Jeter. They wanted to replicate their game to Derek Jeter. But the it said not too many people thought of his bat. But end, end of story, he was a great hitter. He was... He was that guy that you had to be worried about in that lineup because he was—he wasn't the home run guy, but he was the guy that was going to hit for average. End of fucking story. He hit for average. He got on base. Great player. No one deserved it more than the captain. 
you know. Uh, just wish he wasn't a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as much as I dislike the Yankees, I mean, I got to give huge credit to Derek Jeter. I mean, he was the face of the franchise for so long. Even when they brought in Eric, uh, Aaron Rodriguez. Alex was, Rodriguez. Yeah, Alex Rodriguez. You know, Mr. Steroid. <laughs> Mr. HGH. The guy that got popped multiple fucking times. He just said, no, fuck it. I'm going to keep on taking a needle into my ass. And now he's popping J-Lo. Yep, now he's popping J-Lo. I'm surprised his dick can still work. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Viagra. I'm convinced by it. He takes a little blue pill. She goes, I'm ready. I'm I'm in the mood. Blue pill. <laughs> 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 it's not plan B. <laughs> it's the blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> I took too many roids. Now I got to get my dick hard. Um, <laughs> it, oh, jeez, fake! Are you kidding me? Ha! Antonio Brown's at it again. The saga continues. This year, I, I know I said what? What was it? I don't know how many episodes back that we were we were done. We weren't going to talk about this anymore. And then he just goes off and does something even dumber than, you know, than we thought he could do. Like, I, we, we thought he hit his cap and then he just proved us wrong. He just goes, you know what? Fucking hold my beer. Watch this shit. I'm going to beat inter- up a fucking moving truck guy over four grand. <laughs> well, what's interesting about it is he got cut by New England. I think it was like September 20th. Mm-hmm. Since then, he was like low key, didn't really hear much of him. Well, the thing is, he's still being investigated for that for the rapes. That, well, yeah, I, just, still, I, guess, still I, I still understand away. that, but like it was so low key there for a while, and I was like, okay, may, maybe, maybe this shit's finally come to an end, and then he has to go and do this. Like it's absolutely dumb. Like, dude, you're on video yelling at police officers, mm-hmm. yelling at your baby mama. So you got your dudes surrounded around, like around you. You got kids. I'm like, come on, man. So he's been released on bond today. He he made he made bail. Uh, his bond was a hundred fucking k. We'll we'll start right now. The there. major question is though, when he turned himself in, was that Antonio Brown that decided, hey, maybe I should turn myself in, or do you think there was like a source saying? Hey, maybe you should turn yourself in. Man, I, I really don't know because here, here's the thing. His agent, like two weeks back, said, I want nothing to do with you until you figure out your shit. Well, his agent got fed up with it. He was yeah. just completely done. And this is also – Drew Rosenhaus is also the same agent that was with T.O. whenever T.O. was doing sit-ups yeah. in his driveway. <laughs> and he's seen some stupid shit. Yes, now, so um, he's obviously used – he's obviously seen shit like this before, but – this definitely tops the T.O. situation. T.O., that during that offseason where he was doing sit-ups and everything in the in his driveway, Antonio Brown, this definitely, like, takes the cake. Like So part, part of his bail, right, part of his stipulations of him going out on bail, he will be required to um, have a GPS monitoring system on him, a.k.a. he's going to have a nice the, little the, piece say, of— the, uh, the ankle bracelet. The, he's going to have some ankle bling. Um he had to release his passport and his guns. Antonio Brown having guns scares me. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, that man should not have guns. He will have to go through drug and alcohol testing and a mental health evaluation. I agree. With the mental health? Yes. yes. 100%. That man should have been checked Seven months ago. <laughs> when I think of like Antonio Brown, I just think I think when the Steelers gave him that big contract to make him one of the highest paid receivers in the league, that grew the ego drastically. Well here here's the thing. I, I know I said And people this. want to say the hit that Vontaz Burfecht had on him in that playoff game a couple years ago might have been the start of it, but Honestly, I, there there might be like a half and half where I think the money got to his ego, and then I think the hit from Vontaze Perfect caused something in the brain to make him act this way that he's acting now. Here's the thing. I, I've read some things online from uh, interviews with former teammates 
that have been like, that were like around just about half his career while he was in Pittsburgh. They said he was this way when he came in as a sixth round fucking pick out of Central Michigan. This has always been Antonio Brown. It's just Pittsburgh was able to like sweep it underneath the rug and cover it the fuck up. No, so but- I think it's a mixture. I think it is CT related, and and some of it also being like some type of bipolar or some other type of mental health issue that has just gone untreated, undiagnosed for so long. And as I said, Pittsburgh did him no favors just sweeping underneath the rug and, you know, just be like, oh, it's okay because you, you know, do this for us. As I said, I think it's a combination, but something happened like in high school or like college. And then tying in some type of other mental health issue that just hasn't ever been diagnosed or fully, you know, treated correctly. Because I think James Ferrier said it that like he had this ego ever first day he walked into minicamp that he was like you know the, the biggest baddest shit that's ever walked the fucking earth. You walk in there. That way, as a six-round pick, dude, you're a six-round pick. It's called shut your mouth and earn your fucking spot. Exactly. So, this has always been Antonio Brown. It's just he's so used to being able to get away with it. (laughs) Fact of the matter is, though, it's like after all this shit that has gone down with him, I can't see him ever returning back into the league. Oh, he's blacklisted. Because here's the thing. When you got organizations such as the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots that are both well-ran old machines, organizations, if they can't get this dude's head straight... Oh, he's done in the league. He, no other done. team in the league is going to get it. No way. Let's put it this way. I don't even think the XFL will touch this guy. And that says a lot. Because you remember the characters they brought in the last time they, they were around. The XFL won't even touch this guy. The Arena Fucking Football League wouldn't even touch this guy. And they're begging for talent. <laughs> they got guys that are fucking working at the Wawa part-time whenever it's not football season. Okay? The a the Arena Fucking Football League wouldn't even touch this guy. And I don't fucking blame them one bit. Like I said, I mean, if these organizations can't get... If- like I said, the Steelers, Patriots, for how well ran they are, if they couldn't even get this dude straight, no way anyone else is. No, no one can. No, no one can. Even the best fucking agent in the league couldn't even get this guy straight. And this guy was able to get T.O. somewhat serviceable. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm not knocking T.O. T.O. was a great wide receiver. It's just he couldn't get along with anybody. <laughs> Him and Donovan McNabb still have a freaking beef. They actually just got into it this week, which that's been, like, the big thing for Philadelphia media. It's always been that way. I, I'm i like, really? It's so bad in Philadelphia that we have to talk about a Twitter beef between T.O. and Donovan McNabb right now. Like, that's the hottest thing going on in Philadelphia. And Donovan right McNabb's not even fucking relevant anymore. <laughs> because he's busy getting freaking DUIs. That and jerking off in front of uh, – <laughs> was it jerking off or was he sending dick pics to – the staff there on ESPN. <laughs> I didn't hear about that, but Jesus. That's why he got fired by ESPN. <laughs> That's why you don't see him on TV anymore. I just thought they got rid of him because he was fat. <laughs> no. Because he was it's like Donovan, you need to lay off the chunky soup, lay off the booze, or you're out of here. sending dick pics. <laughs> uh, uh, is, is Antonio, he's he's going to be blacklisted. End of fucking story. No one's going to fucking touch him with a 10-foot fucking pole. It, he's done. He's done. And then everyone wants to, like, talk about his suicide smock and every, everything else. Okay, so, like, let me explain something. I don't see him pulling, like, an Aaron Hernandez. Well, okay, so. I mean, I know the fact that he's got guns, but I don't see Antonio Brown, like, taking his own life. The the reason that he's in that suicide smog, and I can speak from experience because I used to work in that field, it's what they do. So whenever you first enter a jail, they give you, um, they pull up the reason that you're there, and then they 
So he's there for assault battery and a few other things. And the fact of his stature and what, you know, what he is as a person, he's a celebrity. They automatically put them on suicide watch because someone in a right mind would feel guilty about being there and they and any type of mental health um advisor is going to put them on suicide watch because their first thought is going to be they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be ashamed for the reason that they're there and that they're there in general and they might take their lives that's that's what that's the way they have to take it. So automatically, as a precaution, they get put on suicide watch. That's that's why he's in the suicide smock and everything. So it's not that he probably said, I'm going to fucking hang myself tonight. It's the fact that the reason that he's there and that's why he's there. So everyone just needs to calm down on that one. I don't think Antonio Brown's going to be hanging him in itself. I don't think there's going to be an Epstein going on here. Okay. He didn't kill himself. What are you it, talking about? I, I, yeah. Epstein <laughs> didn't kill himself. Okay. Like, obviously. No, dead serious. Okay. Like, Epstein didn't fucking kill himself. I, I've read so much on, on the uh, fucking um, coroner's report. There is no way Epstein killed himself. Wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. This is a podcast. We're no Alex Jones stuff here, guys. Come on. Just putting that one out there. Coward. Coward. <laughs> The next thing you're going to know, you're going to start talking about how it's turning the freaking frogs gay. Anyhow. Wait, but, frogs are gay? Yeah. So. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's right. That's why he's in that suicide smog. Everyone just needs to calm down on, on that fact. Um, the mental health evaluation that he needs to be going going through while he's out and waiting for everything to, you know, to come about. Um and his legal issues is exactly what the fuck he needs. Because I'm telling you, there's something mentally there that's not there anymore. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe there is nothing mentally wrong with him. And that's just the way fucking Antonio Brown is. Maybe he's just a fucking nut. <laughs> he's an asshole. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> we will see. Uh, All I got to say is, Antonio, get it right. Get it get tight. tight. <laughs> Fucking button some shit the fuck up. Jesus. Um, anyhow, moving on. We got great news this week. The big piece is back in Philly. He's been hired as an advisor. He's going to be down there during spring training. I love it. I love it. Welcome back to Philly, Ryan Howard. Yeah, I know you went and were a trader there for about a year. Yeah, with... Played with Atlanta. For Braves. We we won't hold that against you. We're no, just no, disappointed. No. We're, we're, we're like disappointed parents. We can't believe you went there. Of all places to go, you choose there. Our number one hated rival. How could you? But, I mean, he's back in Philly, so. We forgive you. <laughs> we forgive you for now. Until now, if you go back to fucking Atlanta, we're going to have some issues. Um. Now we 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 love Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard's our boy. I think he would have been in the league a little bit sooner if not had been for Jim Tomey being with Philly as long as he was. That so. plus that uh, ankle injury that he ended up getting the yeah the Achilles Achilles injury. The, tore it. I think that's in, what put his career. Ever since that, that was basically he like was the, never the, the same. downward spiral of Ryan Howard's career. Uh, that was also like the downward spiral of like the Phillies too, because you figure yeah. from from two thousand seven to like two thousand ten, the Phillies were the team to beat in the NL East. Like we were the team that went back to back World Series and well, we had Raúl Bañez, uh, Chooch. We had Chooch, Shane Victorino, flying Hawaiian, <laughs> you know, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley. We had. Probably the best one, two, three punch in a pitching staff that's ever been put together with Cliff Lee, Bradledge, Roy Oswalt, and we all love him, the Doc, Mr. Doc Holiday. We miss you, Doc. Uh, it, it, we were just the team to beat. I, I really hope we get back to that way, but we got to fix the fucking pitching staff, and we're just making band aid patches right now 
it's like we're on a pirate ship right now. We're just like putting tape we're, over we're, <laughs> holes from cannonballs. Yeah, we're putting fucking like duct tape over the holes <laughs> of cannonballs and trying to like take it. Like plaster over it with like some pine tar. It's like, You're like oh, it's gonna hold up. It's like SpongeBob with the flying duck. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. And stop. And half the ship is fucking missing. Um, uh, I, I I like the hire. I like the hire. Like, I I feel like he's gonna be able to help get uh, Reese out of that rut that he spent like half the season in last year. Um, maybe get his get his swing going again. And some of these younger guys that you know just haven't really found their swing yet, uh, but we'll see. Um, I said I love the hire. I hope they keep on doing that, but that is really the Philly way. The Philly way. They, they like they, bring they, back an informer players, keep everything kind of in house for the most part. Uh, I I like it. I like the signing. Um, but we're gonna jump back into just a tad bit of football here. Um, out of the top five, so the top five picks, who do you think, how do you think it's going to go for the most part? For the NFL draft? Yeah. I got Joe Burrows going to Cincinnati. Obviously, that's the pick Cincinnati is going to go. Um, Number two, the Washington Redskins. I'm going to have them go Chase Young. You figure Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, two defensive guys. The Redskins have a young defense. You, Ryan, you, know, you still got Ryan Kerrigan being the face of the franchise. Um, got Montez Sweat. They just drafted last year out of Mississippi State, who I think is a beast, to be honest. And to add Chase Young in the mix, it's going to be big for the Redskins. Um, as for the Detroit Lions... That's a tough call there, what they're going to do there. I think they're going to go probably either maybe a line. Honestly, the the way I see it is Burroughs won. Um, I agree with Chase Young going to Washington. Detroit is going to draft. Maybe uh, maybe secondary. Now, D- Detroit's going to go uh, quarterback. They're, they're going to go they're quarterback. Gonna, they're going to start looking to the future after Stafford. Stafford, and the way I see it, honestly, I see them just take, just sticking with the bold and taking another uh, Georgia quarterback. So you're going to go, go Jake Fromm there. I like Jake Fromm going to Detroit. The uh, Giants off uh, offensive line, obviously. Yeah, they're going to take an offensive lineman. Whoever's like, now the know. Dolphins are an interesting pick. Dolphins, honestly, I see the Dolphins drafting Jonathan Taylor. That's uh, back. I don't know. That's kind of... no, don't no. Don't get me wrong or anything. I I just think it like I haven't heard much about running backs this year. Like it's not really like. I think the reason is. I think the Dolphins are still kind of buying in. To it, this is the way I see the Dolphins happening. Either they're going to sign a quarterback in free agency, or they're going to ride with uh. Fitzpatrick. Either Fitzpatrick or Josh, um, Rosen. Josh Rosen. That's the way I see it working out. See, see that's the other thing, too, because it's like, why would you bring Josh Rosen there? Because and if, they gave up they, a second-round pick for him. And it's, all, yeah, it's like the whole Tennessee situation. Like You don't you don't give up a second-round pick unless you're playing to use the guy. Exactly, which the Dolphins aren't doing that right now with Rosen. So that being said... Maybe the Dolphins do add a quarterback there. I don't see them going Tua though. No, because no. that with everything going on right now, Tua, I just don't see the Dolphins taking the risk there at five with getting Tua. I I say I I see Tua falling. I see Tua falling to like third round pick, and the reason I say that is because his injuries. He he has never played a full season. And that in in college, he's always gotten hurt at some point in time. So his draft stock is plummeting right now because he has not proven that he can stay healthy. So that, uh, as I said, that, honestly, that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. I see the Dolphins going running back because they have to replace Kenyon Drake, 
and they really don't have. They don't have a running back. They right don't now. have a number one. No. They got three guys that are basically two and threes. They don't have a number one, and Jonathan Taylor kind of fits what I think Miami wants to do, and he's that prototypical halfback that's coming out of that out of college football and every NFL team's looking for right now. He's a guy that can run for a little bit of power. He can catch out of the backfield. He's an excellent blocker. So that's that is that that's why I see Miami taking the risk on a halfback that early. Because let's be honest here, when was the last time a halfback went in the top five? Saquon Barkley. Yeah, okay. Uh, other than Mr. Tree Trunks. Zeke Elliott. Okay, well, then just fuck me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because those are the... <laughs> no, because that, that's been like the past like couple drafts. Like Teams really don't go high on running back unless that running back is actually that talented, yeah. which you saw Saquon and you saw Zeke do their thing in college, which... And Jonathan Taylor's done the same thing in college. Because, like, let's be honest with you here. He was Wisconsin's offense for all three years he was there. He was. He he was. And this year, they kind of took a, a little bit of a step back from him. They were getting other backs involved. Mainly, one, to you know save some of the trade on him because they had absolutely used him and abused him his freshman and sophomore year. And... They also seen the writing on the wall. They they knew he wasn't coming back for his senior year. He built up his draft stock enough. He he broke just about every single. I'd say Wisconsin, Wisconsin running backs like they they put on a great pedigree for NFL. Like you think you figure you had Melvin Gordon, you had yeah James White, James still, White still yep. in the league. Monte Ball before he decided I'm going to keep on boozing. Corey um, Clement, even though he's not doing a damn thing for the Eagles right now. Yeah, I, but like with. Wisconsin, it's just like Wisconsin offensive linemen. You know you're never going to go wrong with those with those guys. You know if you draft a Wisconsin offensive lineman, he's going to be starting some at some point in time for many years to come. End of fucking story. Joe Thomas is the biggest out of – you got Joe Thomas and then you got Travis Frederick down there. And with the Cowboys. With the Cowboys. Um, you got uh, Zettel. Wisconsin linemen just don't – they don't flop. It's just the way it is. Um, so next week we will have picks six through ten. Yeah, yeah, we'll do six. Through th- so we're we'll, basically going to do like a little bit of a mock weekly mock draft yeah. breakdown. We'll give you five picks each week. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> hey, it's 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 just that time of the year where everything's just kind of coming together. Now, uh. Who do you think is going to be on the – do you think Barry Bonds is ever going to make it into the Hall of Fame? Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire. Do you think those two are ever going to make it Eventually, yes. As of right now, no. I don't say – I say give it maybe another couple years. I wouldn't say a couple. If they ever do, we get we in, talking decades. If they ever do get in, I it, it'll be like fifteen years from now. I think they have just smudged their name too much, and everything that they have ever done. I was thinking at least like between five to ten years. That was going to be my frame. Because here's the thing: you can there's you can't really prove that any of their stats ever came when they weren't juicing. You can't, and they can't either. So, who's to say their whole entire career that they weren't using HGH? End of fucking story. It's just like Roger Clemens. That man's never... I, I don't think Roger Clemens is ever going to make it into the Hall of Fame. No. Because, um, hell... That's just the way... <laughs> Roger Clemens, that that whole thing is just completely tarnished. There ain't no way in hell he's ever getting in the Hall of Fame. No, there's no coming back from it. End of story. No coming back from it. He, he, now, what you, like I know last week we kind of touched on the Houston Astros and the stealing sign situation. Are you one of those fans that think they should give their World Series championships and rings up? Like, do you think they should like vacate those pennants and? It's hard to say because we can't completely say that's that they wouldn't have won it anyhow. 
who's to say if they didn't cheat that they still didn't win it, that they couldn't have won it? Because let's be honest here. They, they had the talent to do it. It just really sucks that they felt the need to cheat to be able to achieve that because they did have that talent. They have probably the best second baseman in the league right now, not only defensively but also offensively. Jose Altuve is literally one of the best hitting and fielding second basemen I've ever seen in my life in my lifetime. Generational talent. And they have the same thing at third base, they have the same thing at shortstop. They had the talent to win it no matter what. End of fucking story. And it's the same thing with the Boston Red Sox. They had the same they they had the same caliber of talent. It just sucks that they had to cheat to to achieve it. I mean, it's already said and done. So I mean, I can't really say that they should give up their championships and everything else, like take down the pennants and everything like that. It's just I think they should take down the pennants. You know what I mean? Not not say that they give it back, but do you really want that like that? trash up on up to be on up your a wall. banner uh, on a banner or on the wall you know what I mean a constant reminder we're like yeah we had to cheat to get that <laughs> that's why I'm looking at baseball anymore because technology now is just like it's getting to the point where I don't even think you're even going to be allowed to even have a cell phone inside a ballpark probably not because everyone's going to think oh well, this guy's probably like in, working like doing an inside job for this player mm-hmm. or this organization or something like that I really think that's where baseball is going to start going towards. It's going to they be might. like you can't even bring a cell phone to a, inside a ballpark. It might. It, like, you never know. And then we're going to start having, like, cameras on, like, each end of, like, the third base side and the first base side. It, it's it's sad that it's almost come to that point because, let's be honest. It's no longer America's pastime anymore. Let's be honest. It, it's so tarnished it's like anymore. One, it's like once a year something fucking like this comes out. Either a a generational, what we thought was generational talent comes out to be, you know, juicing or cheating in some type of shape or form. Or a whole entire team is cheating in general. And that's the thing, too, because you have the Astros with possibly a dynasty in the making – and then just for them to just come out and say, hey, we cheated. We fucking suck. We we screwed up. We screwed the pooch. We were too busy fucking recording shit and whistling at each other. I mean, it's a shame, man, because like I said, I mean, that team's so full of talent. And for that dynasty to be tarnished, I mean, that that's just it's terrible. It... it It's a, it, it doesn't really surprise me anymore because, you know, that's what baseball's turned into. It's at least once a year something comes out like that. So um, so we're going we're gonna to dive into to just a tad bit of hockey here real quick. I, wanna, um, I know we haven't co- covered it too much this year, so we're just going to like touch on it. Um, currently, currently right now, the Bruins are absolutely fucking destroying it. Um, they're 29-10 and 12. They're 70 70- they have 70 points. They're leading eight points in their Atlantic division over over the Lightning. Um, and then the Maple Leafs have just taken an absolute nosedive, which is really surprising with all the talent that they have. Um, we didn't get to cover the Babcock firing. I think that was a horrible fire, firing. Um, Toronto fucked up on that one. He'll, he'll, he'll find another job next year, so, but I ain't going to go into my giant tirade like I wanted to. Um the defending champions, the Washington Capitals, are currently uh, leading their division, and our Flyers. Wait, defending champions. I thought that was the St. Louis Blues. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm, Capitals I'm won this cup two years yeah. ago. I, I'm, a, I'm a year behind. Um, the Capitals are currently uh, leading in the Metropolitan, and our Flyers are <sighs> entirely too far the fuck back to even be thinking about for a playoff spot right now. Uh, 60 points. They're 27, they're 27, 17, and 6. Way too many regulation losses right there. Too many, too many, too many losses where they aren't getting any points. End of fucking story. That's all it fucking boils down to. Um, 
And then in the Western Conference, the defending champions, St. Louis Blues, are six points ahead of Colorado Avalanche. They're 30-11-8. They're, they're, they have 68 points. Uh, Pacific Division, a surprising one. But at the same time, the Pacific Division is such a bad division that at any point in time, any of these guys can come back and win it right now because the Canucks are currently... <laughs> Currently leading uh, by with fifty eight points, and literally the Kings are forty have forty one points. They they still have a shot to come back up and grab this one. Along with like there there's literally one two three four four teams with fifty seven points. So next week it could completely change. So that's our little touch on the NHL. There sped right through that. Got it in and out for. NHL fans, uh, we'll, we'll try to like touch on it throughout the year. But I think that's where we're going to end it for the night. You think? Yeah, I think. I guess, honestly, I got, I got nothing else. <laughs> that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening to us. Please subscribe. Check out our Facebook page, and don't be afraid to leave us our Johnny Manziel five-star rating. We appreciate you. Tell your friends, your dogs, everyone and anyone. A brother from another mother. <laughs> Check us out. Give us a like, a listen, and our five-star rating. We appreciate you guys. You guys are great. When I can it up, standing up for motherfuckers manning up. Going tell how it is, bandaged up, because we hurting. But we got new soul. We certain that we can do both, because we left and crying every Thing between and my emotions cut, but I can stop the bleeding. You think too much, Socrates. We drink to numb another double vodka, please.